everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Launch Podcast. This is Kayla Hocreep, Academic Advisor, UConn Hartford. And I'm Emma Biongard Bassain, Academic Advisor at the Stanford campus. In this episode, we're going to listen as Emma talks to Ruth Elizabeth Morris, who is a program coordinator in our office. She manages the launch campaigns that you all receive on a weekly basis. Um, and she is also an instructor for the business communications class. Yes, and in this episode, we talk about some tips and tricks for you to keep in mind now when classes are moving online. So how to complete group assignments, things to think about as you structure your work as a group. We also talk about how you can build community with your classmates using different apps. And then also some important questions that you should consider. So for example, are assignments changing now? Are there new due dates? Um, And how to to communicate a little bit with your professor around assignments and, for example, what a good discussion post might look like. Sounds great, Emma. And those are all really important things for students to hear about at this point in time. So let's take a listen uh, to your conversation with Ruth Elizabeth. What's your name and what do you do at UConn? My name is Ruth Elizabeth Morris. I am the coordinator for the launch program for the Office of Undergraduate Advising in the School of Business. But in another life, I studied English rhetoric and writing. So I also am adjunct faculty. I teach our business communications course in Waterbury. Great. Um, So how can students take steps to be successful while learning remotely for the rest of the semester? You know, I think the most important thing to do is going to be staying organized, right? There's a lot happening very quickly, and we're all, I think, practicing our skills in being adaptable. So even if writing things down on to-do lists or having a calendar is not typically the routine that, that you set for yourself, one of the best ways to ensure that you will be successful is to be proactive in gathering information and deadlines and making sure that it's all in one place so that you aren't missing any pieces. What sorts of things are you thinking about, Emma, as you are trying to stay organized yourself? I definitely uh, try to have, as you said, a calendar where I uh, block off time for different projects that I'm working on. But then also the other day, I actually downloaded a new um, to-do list application or app for my iPhone. Um, I know that I have one on my iPhone already, but I liked how the design on this one was different. So it kind of helped me motivate myself to start a to-do list and then prioritizing the different tasks that I need to get done in a day. I would say that's the main thing uh, that I've been doing lately. I love that, the idea of downloading an an app as a to-do list, sort of moving away from the pen and paper model. (laughs) Uh, You can do similar things with Google Suites. So I know a lot of students, everybody's got a Gmail account from the university, so they have access to Google Calendar. You can then sync the calendar with a to-do list as as part of that tool. So that's an electronic version of the tool as well. And then you can also set it so that you get reminders when things need to happen. So you can set the reminder to be like a day before something is due or 15 minutes before something is due. I don't know. It depends on how under pressure. 
No, totally. So since that kind of helps you prioritize like when to get things done, why would you say, uh, or what would you say students can do like while they're working, while they're going through their assignments and, you know, completing their readings and writing papers and, and things like that? There's a lot of research that shows that the human brain is most successful in retaining information when they are monotasking, so completing one task at a time. So I know this is such a tempting time to turn on a movie in the background while you're working on a paper or working on an assignment, but the, the research does show that that distracts your mind and that you don't retain information and that tasks statistically will take longer if you are multitasking than if you're trying to do just one thing. So I would encourage students to try to break activities into smaller chunks and do them one at a time, right? So spend a half an hour working on one thing and then take a break and go do something else for five or 10 minutes and then come back and do it again, rather than trying to do several things at once and, and getting distracted. I can definitely see that being a good strategy to implement. I'm definitely going to try that now moving forward. I know that you had some tips and tricks around you know, study spaces and things like that and, and what to think about in relation to where you get your work done? Yeah, man, it's, it's brutal. I'm the type of person, I love to take a laptop and go sit in a coffee shop, right? Or to go sit somewhere outside. I'm very used to being in community spaces while I am working. And I would imagine a lot of students are, are used to that as well, right? If you typically work in the library or in one of the, the coffee shops or uh, lounges in the dorms on campus. This is a big adjustment. This is a totally different experience. So being adaptable and thinking about ways that you can trade your typical strategies for new versions that still maintain the integrity of the original strategy, right? So for example, I like to study in communal spaces because I like being able to bounce ideas off of other people. That's, that's why I study in a coffee shop. That's why I like to work in a room with other folks. So creating virtual versions of that space, right? Doing video conferences, FaceTiming with a friend, pulling up Skype, maybe being a part of a group text or a group chat while you're all working on the same assignment. Those are great ways to build community and still have that way to bounce ideas from one person to another, even if you're not physically in the same room. I also think about, I, I work pretty well under pressure. I love a deadline. And as we're moving into these online models, for folks like me who are used to very clear structure, suddenly there's all this freedom. So thinking about a strategy for setting deadlines for yourself or even asking a friend, right? Find a buddy who can hold you accountable so that you still have some structure. Do you have specific strategies that you usually use that you're not able to, to do the same way at home right now? So just in terms of my daily routine, um, so I'm you know, at the Stanford campus. So I'm used to having a daily commute. And I know, you know, a lot of our students, they are commuting or they would be commuting every day. And I would always get reading done say on the train, right? Mm -hmm. So now I've had to be more proactive in terms of planning that into my day. So like, for example, for students who might have been taking care of some of the readings for a class while they were commuting to school, I think it's important to, you know, be intentional 
intentional and plan that time into your schedule. So like, this is when I will do my reading. Um, so I think that would be one thing. So what about now when we might be working in groups, but from a distance? What would you say are some things for students to keep in mind as they are completing group assignments in an, you know, an online format? Yeah, group assignments are, are challenging to begin with, right? So I think maintaining this type of collaboration from a distance is, is really hard, but making sure not to procrastinate, I think is a big one. So if you're not seeing your group mate regularly, it's easy to forget that you're working on that project together. So setting regular meetings or check-ins with each other as a team, I think is really important to build in that structured reminder and hold each other accountable. I think it also helps you to be empathetic about what work other folks are doing and what they need from you in order to be successful in doing it, right? When you work on a team, if one person procrastinates and waits until the very last minute to get their part of the project done, everybody else is anxious and, and waiting on that information and can't do what they need to do until it's finished. And I think especially now that you're not checking in in person, you're having to do everything remotely, being really respectful of each other's time is, is critical. Mm -hmm. I also, as an instructor, I, I always like to push students. I think it's so tempting to be like, I'll write my portion of the assignment and I'll just send it to you the day before it's due and we'll combine everything. And that's our group project, right? But that's not really collaboration. That's just delegation. Mm -hmm. So if you want to collaborate, making sure to schedule video conferences so that you're talking to each other and matching strategies and sharing resources is, is much more helpful. And I would recommend using a video conference platform when you can, simply because you can see other folks' body language, their facial expressions. You can get a better idea of if they're understanding what you're saying, or if they're comfortable with what you're suggesting, right? There are just certain aspects of communication that are harder. When you're trying to do everything through email or text, you don't get the same context. So setting regular meetings, being respectful of each other's time, and, and video conferencing as, as groups, I think are all ways that working remotely as a team can, can be more successful. Definitely. So um, those are some, you know, tips and tricks for students to keep in mind in terms of how they're doing their work. Um, but at UConn, you know, we have a lot of support systems that will continue to be in place even though we are moving online. Uh, what would be some of those resources that students have available to them? The Writing Center is still open and operating remotely. So students can go on the Writing Center's website for instructions on how to schedule a virtual appointment or get uh, feedback from a distance on their writing assignments. The Q Center is also working remotely. So if you go on the Q Center's website, you can get more information about what options there are for virtual tutoring for a couple of the Q classes that are, are challenging for folks, even in person. So now that <laughs> that's, that's a whole different ballgame. So uh, the Academic Achievement Center has a fantastic collection of resources for online learning that is linked on their website right now. So it's got an overview of strategies for online learning, but it also has links to resources for specific strategies. And I believe they're gonna make a lot of their workshops available virtually. So many of the workshops that they would typically do in person on campus uh, are now gonna be available remotely. So taking advantage of those. The Counseling Center 
for students who are feeling anxious about adjusting to an online format or just anxious about the world at large. I know that I certainly am taking advantage of the Counseling Center's online telehealth option. So an email was sent out to the Yukon community a few days ago that outlined some details for that. But if you go to the Counseling Center's website, you can learn more about how to take advantage of that resource remotely. And there are lots of other offices that are doing virtual advising remotely as well, right? So for academic advising, the Office of Undergraduate Advising in the School of Business is still doing virtual walk-in hours. For career coaching, the Center for Career Development and the Business Career Development Center are both doing virtual appointments and career coaching, resume review, all of that stuff. ISSS, so International Student Support Services, is still doing virtual both walk-in and appointment-based advising for international students who have questions about what their next step should be. So I think just keeping in mind that the, the UConn community has a really great team of folks in lots of different departments who are all trying to make themselves available online right? Just because you're working from home doesn't mean you're working alone. There are so many people who want to help. So just be proactive and, and reach out and ask for that help. And in terms of, you know, people uh, wanting to help you, professors are obviously a support system. And now when classes are moving online and kind of tying back into our discussion about being organized, what are some questions you think students should be asking themselves as they're going over the syllabi for their classes and, and thinking about uh, making sense of all the changes. Big picture, ask yourself, what information do I need in order to be successful? So are assignments changing? Do I know how they are changing? Are due dates changing? Do I know when the new due dates are? Is the way that I turn an assignment in going to be on a different platform? If so, how am I turning that in? Do I upload a document somewhere? Do I email it to the professor? Uh, and then just looking through to see what other changes there might be to certain policies. You know, I think it's, I think most students are operating under the assumption that the types of assignments they have are gonna change a little bit and the way that they're turning them in is probably gonna change. I haven't heard a lot of students asking questions about how like grading policy or point value. So just when your professor sends you a new syllabus, read the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> ask, ask yourself if there are policies that are changing in addition to assignments, because as assignments change, sometimes the ways that they're, they're gonna have to be graded or the ways that we're looking at whether or not a student has met the learning outcomes, that, that mindset changes. So just check to make sure that you're reading the whole thing and not just focusing on the due dates, right? Look at the big picture. What sort of things do you think students should be asking? So I think I'm looking at it from a very specific lens of the syllabus. Mm -hmm. What else should we be considering? Yeah, so I also teach philosophy at UConn. Um, so one thing that I will be adding now to my class and uh, that other professors might be adding too is to bring the classroom discussion online. So there will be a discussion board um, and obviously there will be, um, you know, guidelines for how to, to complete those 
assignments, but I think seeking out resources on how to write a good discussion post, and that might be, you know, asking your professor what their expectations are. Maybe they can provide you with an example or just, you know, expand on what they are looking for. Um, so that will definitely uh, be one thing. So I would encourage students to keep that in mind. In terms of you know, working in this new format, I think one important thing is to try and still build community with your classmates. So, you know, you've worked with them for like half of the semester in person every week. So bringing that online could, you know, be a challenge. So what do you think would be some ways for students to do that? I know we had talked about maybe some different apps that students could use, which is something I will encourage my students to consider as well. Students are already using some of these resources even even as they're meeting in person so i'm hoping the shift to online is a natural next step so using group chat features so whether it's like whatsapp or GroupMe uh, or even wechat those are all apps that allow for a group chat function so you can put several members of a small group project into one chat or lots of people all in one classroom into one group chat uh, if professors are feeling excited about it, they can have the TAs manage the chat as well. So that's one way to have back and forth conversation that's consistent for answering quick questions, even when you're not all in the same space. Obviously, a shared Google Doc is a tried <laughs> method for sharing information. And since students already have a Gmail account that's associated with the university, they've all got access to that platform. So you don't have to worry about whether one of your classmates has access to that resource, they do. Everybody's got Google Suite. That's a great way to edit things in real time and be able to see the changes together. So I was thinking a lot about how I'm communicating like with my colleagues at work. So making sure that you're not just talking about your classwork if you're trying to build community, right? Because we're, I mean, you guys are business students. I think you're trying to build a network as well. So not just saying, hey, do you, do you have that article that was assigned to us? Can you send the file to me? But hey, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Um, and, and having more of a, a conversation that is focused on building relationships as people and just being really proactive and transparent during this time. Communication is harder at a distance, but in some ways it's, it's easier too, right? It's not as scary to send a text message or an email as it is to walk up to a stranger. So take this as an opportunity to work up to more proactive relationship building with your colleagues. Definitely. And, you know, for example, if your professor uh, is recording video lectures, you know, watch the video lectures you know, pop on to the group chat and maybe have a discussion, you know, uh, run through the material with your classmates, have a conversation about what you're learning. Because I think it's easy to just kind of step away from that. But just for you to maximize on this time and learn as much as you can, I definitely think that following up on like the videos you're watching or the readings you're doing and taking initiative and talking to your classmates is definitely a, a good way of doing that. But as we're wrapping up here, we also wanted to talk a little bit about self-care because you know, you and I, we both agree that scheduling that into your day is important. Now when things are changing and your schedule is changing. So what are some things that you do, Ruth Elizabeth, for self-care? Well, 
not sure I want to confess this on a podcast <laughs> all of my students are, are going to listen to, but I, I am a gamer. I like video games. I like computer games. So uh, I'm making some weird adjustments because typically my self-care is like come home from work and maybe play my computer game for a while. Um, you know, log into Steam, be with my community online there, try to unlock some achievements. Now, I feel like I'm sitting in front of a computer all day because I'm working from home. Uh, so I'm not as eager to play on that platform. So my self-care has been exploring more video games and, and things like that so that I can move into a different room in my house and just, just do something that works my brain in a little bit of a, a different way. Still... Still the same. Still good. <laughs> you, Emma, what do you um, I've tried to read more fiction. I'm more of a nonfiction person, but I've challenged myself to read more fiction. So I'm planning that into my day every day. Um, I was talking to my friend. She suggested that I, you know, just listen to more music now when I have time. Cause like I would do that walking to the train. Right. Mm -hmm. But now when I'm not doing that, I'm not listening to music. So I've been spending some time on Spotify. People are like curating, you know, playlists and stuff that you can listen to. Um, but then there are also like workout videos on YouTube that you could use. Um, there are guided meditation, um, I guess, sessions on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So I would say do all those things. And I've also been trying to watch more movies. So that's definitely something uh, that I've been spending time doing, mostly in the evenings, but. Yeah, I've been, I've been really enjoying taking advantage of technology so that I can have like group video chats with friends who live in other places. Uh, and, and in particular, it's, it's pretty easy to set up certain board games or like tabletop role play games. Like, I don't know if you play D and D, but you can totally do that through a, a video. <laughs> um, and I, I would encourage, it's great just to feel connected to other people to, to play games that way with that face to face component. So I'm, I'm enjoying that a lot. Oh, you know what I learned yesterday? Uh, the, there's a trivia company that is doing online virtual, like pub trivia. Mm. Um, so, so there are lots of things that are out there where if you want to feel connected to your community and, and take something that's normally in person and do it in a virtual space as a way of sort of self-care and relieving some of the stress and anxiety, it's, uh, it's there. And I'm trying to take advantage of it, trying to make it a priority because otherwise I think I will work too hard. <laughs> yes. Yes. So everyone listen to Ruth Elizabeth and plan some self-care time. Um, okay. So <laughs> before we go, uh, we both just wanted to, uh, you know, remind you that this will pass. It's temporary. Things will settle down. They will go back to, you know, normal. So, you know, just try and keep that as in mind as you're, um, settling into this new time period in your life. Thank you so much, Ruth Elizabeth, for answering all our questions. Anything else that you want to say before before we go? Emma, I just want to thank you so much for, for having me and for continuing to produce these podcasts. I think this is just such a great way for students to hear how the team at, at UConn is working to support them and also for us to hear from them, right? If you're listening to this podcast and you have more suggestions for online resources that you want to share for other students, getting in contact with Emma is a great way to share them. Definitely.
That was great, Emma. Some really important and helpful information for students. What were your main takeaways? I will say that my main takeaways from the episode, uh, the first thing was to have a calendar. Um, use your Google Calendar and just make sure that you have a good structure uh, going for your week. Some other uh, important points that she made, I feel like was in relation to the different resources that we have online now. So, you know, use the Writing Center, the Q Center, the Academic Achievement Center. They are going to have virtual workshops um, and you can talk to the career development office if you have questions. Um, so I would say those would be my, my main takeaways. Just take advantage of the resources that are there. Great. Thank you so much, Emma. And thank you to Ruth Elizabeth for joining us with this really important conversation.